Trigger warning, Death and Friends is not a podcast for the light of heart. Many dark and serious subjects will come up. Listener discretion is advised. What What are you doing? Some light reading. Is is that the Book of the Dead? <laughs> Don't be silly, Nash. This isn't the late 90s and early 2000s hit, The Mummy. Starring Brendan. Starring Brendan Fraser, yes. Yeah, okay. Yeah, great movie. Great movie. Great movie. So good. Excellent hits. No, what? So not the Book of the Dead. No, it's not the Book of the Dead. It's technically a scroll. Scroll of the Dead. And this book I'm holding is technically known as a codex. Neat. So I guess my next question is... Why the candles? Yeah. I thought it looked cool. It does. Uh, so we're doing Cleopatra today, yeah? Cleopatria! Yep. Yep. So it kind of looks like you're studying mummies. Well, Egypt, so yeah, that's what you do. Yeah, I just... We've already done an episode on mummies, and we're focusing on the impact that Cleopatra had as the last ruler of Egypt. Also, it it doesn't explain... This weird altar in front of me with the dark cloth over this large mass. Yep, yeah. yep. With the that. jars yep. and the... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Hey, do me a quick favor. Can you grab that visual dictionary for me? It's on the right in the middle to the left. <sighs> this one? Yes, yes, that one. I uh, can't figure out this last symbol. What, what am I looking for? It's uh, it's a bird, a stork. Okay, uh, let's see. Mm, a menifus? Ah, that's right. Nechte Shafra a menifus. Uh, what the hell just happened? Hey, Dom. Hey, Angel. Oh, hey, Nash. First time she's here for one of these? What the fuck? Skeleton Army, I'm Angel, and that walking mummy without its wrapping is Nash. I don't need wrapping. I have a bidet. Okay, that is... Bidet to you, sir. Alrighty. <laughs> bidet to you. Moving on, today's episode is more spicy. We are going to go back to the northeast of Africa, specifically Egypt. As much as Angel's supernatural shenanigans may lead you astray, we are not talking about mummies today. That is correct. <clears throat> Let's start the episode. Brendan Fraser was born in Indianapolis, Indiana in 19... 19- no. Okay, fine. <clears throat> we are talking about the last monarch of Egypt, Cleopatra VII. And Nash, can you do me a quick favor? Sure. Just a quick low, yeah. if you would. Mm-hmm. Paint the picture. Egypt, 69 B.C. Nice. 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 Cleopatra VII is born at Alexandria. She's the daughter of Ptolemy XII, a descendant of Ptolemy I, Soter, known for being one of Alexander the Great's generals, the founder of the Ptolemaic line in Egypt. At 18 years old, she becomes the ruler after her father dies, and honestly, a fucking love for her. Die, Dad. Oh my god, so good. Just, Just go off, Dad. 
problem is, due to tradition, she's the co-ruler of Egypt with her brother, who is creatively named... Hang on one second. Let me borrow a bit from Angel and check my notes. Paper noises. Ptolemy the 13th. At least they kept track of where they were. That was the least worrisome tradition. See, in order to legitimize her reign, she did what all rulers did. She marries her brother. Oh, what? Here's the worst part. Uh, just worst part. Laying it out. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He's he's 10. Jeez, Louise. So, the Egyptian flowers in the attic ascend to the throne. So, naturally, Ptolemy's gang of ne'er-do-wells... His advisors. ...tell Ptolemy to get rid of his sister. And that Game of Thrones doesn't get ridden for another couple thousand years. So, most of that is true. Ptolemy does banish Cleopatra with the help of his advisors. And Game of Thrones is bad, and it doesn't get ridden for a couple thousand years. Uh, Their little sister, Osinoe, also helps Ptolemy. There's a joke in here about sibling rivalry and how little sisters are annoying as hell. The reason is this. Cleopatra wants to make sure that she had power, but more importantly, that Egypt doesn't fall. Rome essentially is in control of Egypt at this point. They had mad military power. So in order to maintain her power and keep her country safe, she wanted to appease them. Ptolemy, being like a preteen, easily controllable and agitated, not about it. Not about it. Throughout this time, these inbred dum-dums, fantastic line, would engage in on-again, off-again joint rule. Just a beautiful line. What poetry. Thank you. Thank you. Who wrote this? Wow. I don't know. This is where Ganius Pompey arrives. Also, don't know if it's actually pronounced Ganius. He was in a civil war with, in Rome at the time, and uh, his family, being the ones who essentially established the Ptolemaic line of rulers in Egypt, uh, decides to pay a visit because he sees that Cleopatra is essentially ruling Egypt by herself and isn't a fan of that. He thinks that she would be hard to control and does not have the best ideas about women. Ironically, Ptolemy decides now he's going to link up with this. Now he's about it. He's playing both sides. So he always comes out on top. With roaming guns behind him, he goes to war with Cleopatra. And like that, they banish her. She goes to Syria and begins to plot her revenge. But this is when things get really interesting. Get your salads ready. Enter Julius Caesar. Meet Julius Caesar. One bad mamma jamma. That's a choice. It's a choice I'd make again. We'll do an episode on him at some point. Back to the story at hand. He's at war with General Pompey up north. Pompey is losing. Badly. Just fucking it up. So the good old general travels to Egypt to get some help. Remember that Egypt and Rome's relationship, weirdly abusive. With the constant threat of Rome on the horizon, Egypt just kind of does whatever Rome wants as established with Cleopatra's dad in order for the Ptolemaic line to rule Egypt again. A quid pro quo situation, if you will. Sadly, the following events were not very quid pro bro. <laughs> CVS bangers. Ooh, we haven't had a CVS bangers in a while. I know. <clears throat> Pompey arrives in Alexandria, and Julius Caesar isn't far behind him. Ptolemy is like, you know what? You know what? <laughs> I don't think I don't think Pompey has got this, and I think Caesar is about to body all of us, all of us. That's Ptolemy's accent? Yeah, she went to Brooklyn one time. Is that a Brooklyn accent? I don't know. (laughs) I've never been. Oh, boy. So Ptolemy ambushes and kills Pompey, thinking, this is how we win. (laughs) 
Not only that, he decapitates him and then delivers the head of Pompey to Caesar when Caesar lands in Alexandria. There's a joke in here somewhere about a cat giving you a dead bird. It's somewhere in there. Uh 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 Now, this next uh, section, and I do believe this is a direct quote here. I can assure you that it's not. What the fuck are you doing, man? Uh, Caesar, I decapitated him for you. Who does that? You were going to kill him anyway. No, I wasn't. I was trying to keep the peace. He's a great leader. Is that up to you to determine what I want? But but you were winning right now. I'm winning. Yeah, he was winning earlier. That's how war works. What's wrong with you? But but now you won for sure. I mean, yeah, but you don't deliver the head of somebody to people. What the fuck? Oh, man, am I in trouble? Yes, yes, you're in trouble. Well, can, can we be friends? No, get the fuck out of here, dude. Ugh, smelly. Caesar, though he's horrified, doesn't immediately do anything to Ptolemy. He's just there to hang out, chill, collect some money that he claims he's owed. You know, just like hashtag white boy shit. He demands to see both rulers of Egypt and discuss a peace treaty. This is where things get... It's about to get sexy, baby. Cleopatra sees this as her chance to take the throne again. So she manages to get past all of Caesar's security forces and gets right into Caesar's room. Mind you, they'd been communicating the whole time when Cleopatra was in Syria. Sharing text messages and emojis on their sidekicks. So he knows she's coming. What he didn't know is that he was about to come to <laughs> CVS Beggars. <laughs> two in one episode. Well done. While many things are disputed or have been debunked, we know two things for sure. And that's just the rule. Two things at any given moment. Yep, all the time. Only two. two things. She gets a private audience with Caesar while looking her damn best. Mm. Capital letters. Just fucking Babe. beautiful. Mm. Yeah. And Anaxuna Moon eat your heart out. Second thing, Caesar came out of that room a changed man. They had diplomacy talks. Mm. Long, hard, sweaty diplomacy talks. The kind of diplomacy talks that Caesar had only ever dreamt of. Oof, diplomacy talks. In a very unrelated event, Cleopatra is back in power. They touched butts. Ptolemy shows up to his throne one day and was like, what the, what the hell is this? Throws a fit, literally rage quits just being a ruler. People got to keep remembering a very important thing about Ptolemy at this time. He's an actual preteen. Okay, she has to do the whole marry her other surviving brother to make her rule legitimate. Ah, Jesus Christ. All right, well, was he older at least? Yes, yes, he's older. Uh, oh, that's good. All right. He's 11. Oh, for fuck's sake. But he is smarter than the last Ptolemy, the 80th, 13th, one of those. So he stays out of her way and plays Yu-Gi-Oh off to the side while Cleopatra rules, which in this case means having regular diplomacy talks with Julius Caesar. Just so much diplomacy with Julius Caesar. Just more diplomacy diplomacy than you've ever seen in your life. In fact, she has a diplomacy kid with them. They call him Caesarian. Caesar returns to Rome after much diplomacy, Mm -hmm. and he is hailed as one bad motherfucker. Cleo wants to join him to make sure her power isn't going anywhere. 
Cleo? Yes, Cleo. She travels up north to see what's up, while Caesar is essentially throwing a rager for his victory. Sadly, that's when everybody was like, yo, he has, like, this kid, and he's probably going to make him the heir. We don't like that. He's out here having desert diplomacy with his walking thirst trap. No, thank you. He wants to be straight up king. Let's make some salad. Julius Caesar is famously murdered in 44 BC after a Senate meeting. It could have been an email, quite frankly. How would you email someone a stab wound? A stab emoji? Oh, right. Duh. Dash. Come on. Cleopatra's dealing with a lot at the time. Egypt's dealing with a famine due to the drought in the Nile River. All the noble people of Egypt are starting to turn on her, and her little sister starting to stir shit up. Oh, that's right. Fun facts with Nash. Arsinoe, Cleopatra's younger sister. Where to start? She wants the throne, obviously. She helps Ptolemy the... 66th? 8th? Doesn't matter. Banish Cleopatra to Syria. After she has her eunuch advisor, that's important for some reason, we don't know why, kill the leader for her, she leads an army of rebel fighters to fight Julius Caesar and get him out of the palace slash power. As a reminder, she is 12. The rebels literally chase him out. He jumps into the Nile to avoid the forces. She claims victory, but Caesar, not having it. Cut to Caesar meets with Ptolemy, who was captured during the scuffle to get Cleopatra back in power. Ptolemy tells Caesar, I can get it for you. She trusts me. To which Caesar agrees. They find Arsinoe. Caesar captures her. Ptolemy is mysteriously found washed up in the Nile River a few days later. Just coincidentally. It's probably not related. And Arsinoe is on a chain gang, bald, marching toward the Roman Colosseum as one of Caesar's prisoners of war. She's about to get executed, but killing a 12-year-old girl seems... A bit much, even. Just a, just a just wee a, bit much. Yeah, just a little over the top. Just a smidge too much. Yeah, yeah. So he exiles her to a temple built to honor his latest victory, which also just coincidentally has a statue of Cleopatra in it. Arsinoe can essentially be like a, a monk in a temple with a statue of her sister. After Caesar's death, she plots with anti-Caesar factions to overthrow Cleopatra. And she has support from the nobles, but as a bummer, just a, just a bummer, she gets assassinated. Uh, yeah. After Cleopatra gets some help from some guy who definitely isn't relevant at all, uh, not plot relevant, his name is Mark Antony. Murder? And thus, the greatest game of hard to get was played. Rome was divided into three sections, and Mark Antony controlled the Mediterranean, which included Egypt. Cleopatra needed protection for her throne, kid, and collection of rare action figures. Mark Antony needed gold and food to maintain his power in his section of Rome. He decides to write his girl Cleopatra. She leaves him on red. He summons her, wow, to visit him. How do you summon someone to just pay you a casual... Hey, babe. Get over here, please. Get, you, get, get over here right now. Uh, yeah, it's pretty shitty of him, but he can do that because, you know, Rome. And she takes, but, but, in an act of malicious compliance, she takes her sweet-ass time doing it. Girl. She essentially, like, edges this man. Yeah. <laughs> the penis he drew on the letter to represent him didn't help. She arrives in Tarsus, dressed as Aphrodite, on a fancy ship with robes, on a couch with gold, everywhere. 
He hops on the barge and gets wooed diplomatically. It was gorgeous. It's an incredible meet cute. Very, very diplomatic. They spend what I can only imagine is the most romantic winter together. Diplomatically. Cuddling by the fire, drinking wine. You know, murdering Cleopatra's enemies while having diplomatic talks. You know, just just cute things. Just, just love that for them. Oh, my God. Life finds a way and Cleopatra gets preggers yet again. They had twinsies, twinsies. Oh my god. <laughs> Why is the fun? <laughs> 40 BC. Mark Antony has returned to Rome because his wife. His wife? His wife? Not Cleopatra. His wife. Yeah. His wife. He's, he's married this his whole time. Wife. His wife. Yeah. His wife. His, yep. Yeah. His wife is leading a rebellion. Dom, do you hear this? His wife. His wife? His wife. His wife is leading a rebellion against Octavian, the ruler of just a different part of Rome. It goes to a different school. It's a whole thing. When his wife dies, Mark Antony and Octavian look at each other across the room and they're like, what? What? Bro, what are we doing? What are we doing? What are we doing? What are we doing? They make They kissed. They totally kissed. (laughs) (laughs) They, They went, I'm so sorry, man. Little kisses. Like Katie Perry, low. but like before. Yeah, Eskimo kisses. Like, oh. I kissed Mark Antony and I liked it. <laughs> Just. <laughs> what well, J-Lo did at one point. Different Mark Anthony. Different. Just a separate one. But essentially, he's gone from the picture. And it's not until four years later that he returns to Alexandria to hit up Cleopatra. And maybe, strong maybe, be a dad to his kids. Yeah, I doubt that part, because in the in-between time, Antony marries Octavian's sister to legitimize things, and uh, uh, Cleopatra was uh, starting to get tired of being the side chick. Also, he was there to mostly establish power in the Middle East and North Africa, so he could take complete control of Rome. It was throughout this time that they have another kid! What? Yeah, Cleopatra makes herself a god, you know, just Cleopatra things. Well. And Mark Antony starts putting in work in the Middle East. He invades Armenia, is triumphant, and everything's fucking peachy keen. They signed a deal with CBS, they're gonna make a sitcom, it's a fantastic. Except. Oh no. That everyone hears of their plan, and they're like, oh, fuck that. Octavian finds out that Mark Antony left his sister to be with the other woman. Other woman. Other woman. And declares war on Egypt. As always, history is more exciting than the Umbrella Academy. <laughs> Fuck you, Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, Netflix. Uh, we don't actually hate that show. We just love hating that show. Yes. Well, I hate yeah. that show, but that's neither here nor there. That's beside the point, yes. I'm just saying, out of all the things to lean into, Netflix. Why that? The, why the incest thing? Why? 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 Why the monkey butler is my mo- my no, no, Monkey Butler stays. Monkey Butler stays. <laughs> it's the giant monkey man who's in love with his sister. Why any of it? I mean, I'm just, I'm just saying. So the Senate finds out that Antony wants to be buried in Egypt with Cleo. God damn it, now I'm doing it. Yeah, everybody's mad at Mark Antony, and there's a joke in here about the singer Mark Antony, but I doubt I know what it is yet. I need to know. Nice. That's just how I delivered the line. So Rome invades <laughs> Egypt. Even though Mark Antony was relieved of all his power, his men, with a combination of Egyptian forces, outnumber Octavian by 
carry them one uh, a lot, a lot. And so victory was at hand. Actually, they get fucking wrecked. <laughs> like they get oh. bodied. Oh. Yeah, a couple small victories here and there, but they lose pretty decisively. They did most of the battling on sea. Turns out Mark Anthony was not the best at uh at doing that. And the Egyptian forces were not really equipped to do that either. Yeah. But the most Shakespeare shit in the world happens. Rumor spreads that Cleopatra is locked in a mausoleum she's built for herself and that she's dead. <gasps> this is immediately fact-checked, but the 24-hour news cycle is not, not super reliable at the time. So Mark Antony proceeds to wound himself. Fatally. And is now dying. To death. To death. He's dying to death. He's, yes, that's, it's medical, you wouldn't understand. He's taken to the mausoleum where he, again, a medical term here, dies. Got it. To which Cleopatra shows up in her mausoleum in everyone's confusion and sees Mark Antony dead. Medically dead? Medically dead. Got it. Yes. Cleopatra got reincarnated. Med Mark Antony reincarnated. Had another couple kids. Had another couple kids, died. Their kids had another couple kids. They died. And then you Listen, the line. you gave me the setup of it being very Shakespearean, so I delivered it like a Shakespearean actor. Yeah, like in an amateur edition at Shakespeare I'm at the a park. consummate professional. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're consummate professional. <laughs> she then proceeds to try to kill herself, but at this point, Octavian's forces already captured her, putting her on suicide watch. They wanted to parade her around as a symbol of victory, but at last, they did not get the chance. As Cleopatra is found dead, she kills herself with poison widely believed to be asp venom. Just like that, 3,000 years of Egyptian rule is over because of a boy. And on that hell of a note, that's the episode. Special thanks to you, our favorite listener. Remember to describe on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. A rating review would also be nice. You can also follow us on Instagram and Twitter. I'm at Gorilla Jokes. I'm at It's Nashlin. And of course, follow the podcast at Death and Friends Podcast. Hey, you. Want to become an official member of the Skeleton Army? Yes. Join us on Patreon. We use it to cover our sound guy's medical bills. In order to properly write medical facts, which again did not appear in this episode, we expose Dom to all the illnesses and ways to die we talk about on the show. We've been a little mean to Dom, so after resurrecting him, I sent him off to have diplomatic relations. You did... That's not, that's not how you said it to me. That's <sighs> really wish we talked about this. So check it out at patreon.com slash death and friends. Hey, speaking of Patreon, shout out to the gang over at the Brendan Fraser level. Diane H, Luella B, Vicky R, Kevin L, Jonathan D, and Andy C. See, if anybody deserves a cool book of the dead resurrection, it's them folks. And remember something super important, and this is for all of you. You are loved. You matter. And if you don't want to be your own friend, we will happily be your friend. I'm your friend right now. Oh gosh, I'm doing the same thing. Yeah, I'm doing it. I'm just being their friend. Just being your friend right over here where you cannot see me, but I can see you. Let's watch the mummy. Yeah. Let's do that. <laughs> Until next time, Skeleton Army. Love you. Love you. This has been a Knavery Inc. podcast. Go to knaveryinc.com for more details. Executive produced by Jacob Duffy Halbleib. Audio design by Dominic Guanzon. Themes and transitions by Amy Doe. The fuck is a knave? Remember this is a comedy podcast? Don't use it in your research papers. One, two, three.
two claps, just like how Dom claps ass cheeks. <laughs> ah, Pray for alrighty. us now and at the hour and over death, which I hope is soon. Death? Here we go. We should probably start this first part with like some slightly ominous music that immediately cuts off when Nash goes. What are you doing? Yeah, just like that. That's not a cat, by the way. That's Nash's stomach. <laughs> True facts. All right, here we go. <clears throat> Death? No, there's, it's loud, so you got to be like, what the fuck? A little more. Is this the director's cut? This you is the direct. Fucking Zack Snyder now. Yeah, yeah. I need you to just a little bit more intense, Nash. Just, just add a little mustard on it. Death. As much as Angel's supernatural shenanigans. Wow, what a supernatural shenanigans. <laughs> you read it that way. I did not write it that way. I can't say the word shenanigans without making shenanigans. It. Shenanigans. Okay, well then, uh, pick a different word. No. Death. Sometimes I wish we were in an audio podcast because I made a great face just then. <laughs> we terrible. do there was fun bits visually. Bad. There was no chin involved. <laughs> just nothing. Mm. Yeah, your husband, when he first met you, damn, that girl's all neck. Just fucking mm, the, the weakest jawline you can imagine. <laughs> Which is funny because I think you actually have a very strong jawline. Not today, baby. <laughs> Not at all. Oh. Are you ready? Do it. Death? Tell Ptolemy to get rid of his sister. And the Game of Thrones doesn't get... <sighs> I fucked that up. Also, look, I say Ptolemy a bunch of times. Oh, yeah. <laughs> do you uh, understand the Flowers in the Attic reference? Yes, I obviously do. Do you okay. understand it? It was from yeah. the 70s. Yeah, I do. Okay. I, do. I read. I was a literature major. Thank you. I... Thought it was a cool title, and I was like, yeah, I'll do a report on this. And I was like, why did I choose this book? Death? So the good old general travels to Egypt to get some help. <laughs> what was that? Just the good so old general. The, so the good old general. <laughs> Have you ever seen those, like, go to the general to save some time? <laughs> yeah. You know I mean? Yeah, the yeah. general auto insurance? Yeah. yeah that, that's exactly what this man looks like. Mm-hmm. Got it. Just, that's where they took it from. So that's how he sounds. Mm-hmm. He's, like, short and just, like. Go to the general to save some time. Save some time, yeah. So the good old general travels to Egypt. Do they go to the general to save some time? (laughs) They go to the general to save some time. Yeah, they do. It doesn't help. General, please sponsor our podcast. (laughs) Death? She needed protection, am I right, from diplomacy. Were condoms invented by by then? Uh, Yes. Actually, the Egyptians invented a condom. Oh, neat. Fun facts. For Fun real. Fun facts. facts. <laughs> yeah. Death? Too small. She arrives in Tarsus, dressed as Aphrodite. On a fancy sh- Aphrodite? <laughs> How does this keep happening? Aphrodite. Aphrodite. His penis was too small, and she dressed as Aphrodite. <laughs> She was like, no tanks. No tanks. Good. 